and welcome to the Lock In Podcast, the show that lifts the lid on life in the pub trade by those working in it. This is the last episode of 2022 and we're looking forward to what the new year is like to hold for pubs as it unfolds. To help me do that, as ever, are my two co-hosts, Heath Ball and Nikki Thatcher. Award-winning operator Heath is now considering branching out into a new area of the sector, offering his exceptional skills as a consultant to the pub trade. He'll be able to advise on all the best places to go on holiday whilst complaining about work. <laughs> I wonder where this is going. <laughs> well, we'll come back to that. Um, Nikki is our current podcast intern on work experience, and she's been known to put in the odd shift in a pub, with TripAdvisor reviews describing her as, and I quote, the nightmare offspring of Bet Lynch and Peggy Mitchell. <laughs> I actually used to get on very well with every customer in the pub. But I was a delight as as to be around. Now, now, you work, now you work part-time in an Indian restaurant. <laughs> yeah. And I'm a delight there too. <laughs> Why did you leave the pub for an Indian restaurant? That is the, uh... um, no, I was doing them both at the same time. Uh, and then I thought... Uh, I thought after work curry. Uh, no, and anything then left over? It was just quite, quite late by the time you finished at the pub and I thought, oh no, I need to kind of not work seven days a week. I probably should have some form of they time asked off. you to leave because those TripAdvisor reviews, haven't they? No! Uh, sure they loved me. Uh, okay, moving on. Um, I mean, we do joke about you uh, offering consultancy services, but you do have a habit of visiting other people's pubs and oh, offering shit. unsolicited <laughs> advice. Shit. Pointing out how shit they are. <laughs> Uh, by the way, unsolicited means they haven't asked for it. Just to clarify. So. No, but uh, I was I, recently. I, is that something? Yeah, I did it to a mate recently. Meets mate. Sorry, Dave. Love you. <laughs> Mates recently opened a pub and um, a pub and a restaurant, and I turned up, had a couple of glasses of wine. I'm on very strong pain meds with my back. Oh, you yeah, don't mention it. Fuck it hurts. Um, and um, I turn up, and then I gave him, I gave him some, like I don't know. I just said, "How's it going?" What's going on in the pub? Because he's, he's upstairs working. And I said, what's going on with the pub downstairs? Yeah, I'm already under it, already under it. And I just gave him some advice. Uh-huh. He didn't take it too well. I mean, I don't know why. Well, it was, listen, I wasn't trying to be a prick. I just said, you know what, you'd probably serve First more people. Yeah. You'd probably you serve more, you'd probably You'd probably serve more people if you didn't have all your bar stools around the bar. On a fr- you know, on a Friday night in December. Did he ask for your advice? Is this why he rang me crying? I believe you did more than that. It's, uh... I, yeah, I just gave. Well, there was some, there was some things. It was no like there wasn't, an, like there wasn't enough. I didn't know what was on. Like I, there was, not, I couldn't see the bar menu. And I got good eyesight with my glasses on. I couldn't see the bar menu. I only could see the red wine. Dave, I'm sorry, but I only could see the red wine board. I couldn't see the white wine board. It was, it was. No one was clicking glasses on the floor. It was packed. It was, it was chaos. And it wasn't organised. Busy pub. Yeah, it's busy. Yeah, yeah but you organised. No, I think you just organised shit. I know it's hard. He's working loads of hours, and I do the same. But you still, somebody's got to have the common sense to walk into the shift and go. You know, we're going to be busy tonight. Let's get rid of the bar stools. No one can see that menu. Let's move that around. Let's move. That so, around. if any listeners would like Heath to come in and insult their operation, then uh, please uh, write to us at PO Box. Heath's uh, a dickhead. Um, London SW1. I, I can help people make more money. <laughs> so, as I said, we are going to be looking forward to 2023 and what's in store for the sector uh, what sort of things you need to be thinking about so to help us out we've got Punch's Head of Strategic Insights James Gilbert is going to be joining us and we'll be getting a sense of operators fears hopes and dreams for the new year with three wonderful operators Brendan Padfield of the Unruly Pig Matt Slocum of the Crown in Woolhope and Emma Harrison of the Three Hills in Bartlow but before all that uh, let's have a look at what's been going on um, 
I mean, we big issue this week. We've got Christmas on the doorstep. Everyone's gearing up for it. Rail strikes. What do we... We'll, we'll see. Uh, it's a tough one, though. Where do you sit on this? I mean, I've seen people coming and they're getting absolute operators going, this is terrible for our industry, and everyone just piling in and attacking them, telling them how hard the rail guys have it, you know, with their higher-than-average salaries and needing a pay rise because they haven't had a... Above in, uh, inflation pay same, rise in years. Same, Welcome to the real world. Don't well, think I anyone this, has. I, think this, I said the same thing to a, to a customer. I said, but there's 70 grand a year to drive a train. Mm. But it's about their it's about their rights. It's about their, their thing to I mean, jobs. there's a lot more to it. So, yeah, yeah. but it's not. I mean, we, we focus on the train drive. But the average um, the average platform assistant is is 30, 32 thousand pounds, which is higher than That's most a, a sort trained of, a trained you would have in country. Similar skill level roles. It's quite a high salary. Um, so. What's yes, the they haven't had a, they haven't had a above inflation pay rise, but who has? But you put like this one get like we haven't had another Christmas. Christmas would be yeah. like this again is another one. Mm. So like, what, what is the answer for these guys? Mm. What is the answer? You know, we've got nurses on strike. I was going to say got, everyone is striking. Ambulance workers are going on strike. Postal workers, train drivers. But, but if we if let's just say. Yeah. This is where he says we should go on strike. Yeah. Oh, God, no. God no, okay. But this, if the government was a company, they'd all be sacked because they've mismanaged the country. Yes. And we've ended up at this after 12 years of Tory leadership. Mm. They've mismanaged it. And this is where we are now. People have had enough. The hard part for us in the industry is we're getting battered and we get battered because we also lose out on this. So it's like, how do you... It, it, it's difficult, isn't it? I mean, also, when, when people sort of uh, have a go at the strikes and say, you know, this isn't, this is destroying, we then get the pushback, well, yeah, it's too expensive to drink in your pubs anyway. And, and you kind of go, I mean... Did you see that post I sent you the other day about it was a Fuller's or Young's pub and it was a Tuesday and they had 196 cancellations. Yeah. And I was reading through some of the Twitter people that waiting in and one guy's like, well, how, how busy do you expect the pub to be in on Tuesday anyway? This is how ignorant the general public are, especially the ones who don't drink alcohol well, they're, or go they're, out. They're accusing pubs of profiteering because the price are... I mean, the ignorance of it is incredible, but... They all think we're Scrooge. They all think we're there just money-grabbing and all that. You know well, what I mean? Like, I don't know, man. So how do you change that image, then? The problem is you've got people who do that. It doesn't help, you know what I mean? Like... As, as, as he drives up in his BMW X5, uh, <laughs> top of the range. Uh, it's not five. <laughs> um, no, but it's, it's, it's a problem, isn't it? But, like, but the problem for us is we've lost another Christmas. Yeah. We haven't had... We'd love support from the government, but they don't really support us, and I think we're, we're left behind. So it's, it's... But it's almost breaking point for the sector as well. It's, it is. It, it, there's, it, I mean, it, it's a... It's a perfect storm, as we've had many of those in, in recent times. But it does feel like there's just sort of there's no easy solution to this. You know, we'll give everyone a pay rise, watch inflation go even higher, um, and what happens? We start paying for loaves of bread with buckets full of cash. You know? I mean, it's when does it stop? Mm. Well, that's the problem, though, isn't it? And what do we do? We just keep our prices up, and then suddenly your footfall drops, mm. and you're you're no longer an affordable luxury. You're a real luxury to go to the pub and have a pint. And then, I don't know, like, what are we left with? Well, well, we'll dig into that in a little while on, on, on the pricing and, and where we see things going in the, in the year ahead. Um, I mean, it hasn't all been doomed for gloom, and we, we like to speak to our president, we need to have a little bit more positivity. Um, 
and then they stand there ranting at me for the rest of the time. But, um, Have you met Heath? Yeah. But that's the thing, though, as operators, it's really, you know, you see the statistics that are coming out. Like, it's really impossible to bring labour into the country. Was that one the other day about Indian restaurants? Yeah. One in one in one a day will be shutting because yeah. they can't bring labour in because of the immigration, you know, stuff. Um, you know, even legal immigration is so expensive. It's just like there's no path to anything. It's just. I, I can't, you know, chefs are going to be an issue going forward. Um, you know, I don't know. But we have seen some increases in um, light for light sales up 3.7% in managed pubs, which is, uh, it's yeah, like the inflation is running at 10%, which doesn't <laughs> like. It, it, yeah. And they were saying yesterday inflation might be leveling out. Yeah. I mean, it, it's still still rampantly high, but it, it, it hasn't gone up as much as they were expecting. Is that, needs, should we be positive? You've got to take the small, the small win. Small wins. Small wins. Yeah, yeah, but it just sounds like it's all... The government just giving us so much... It's all it's all look over here, look over here all the time with the government. Do you know what I mean? I, I, think, I think the sector's still... We, we just take it lying down too much. We just go, oh, all right, okay, yeah, okay, VAT at 20%, yeah, all right, okay. Not going to do anything about that, oh, well, what should we do, okay. I think we need and then a as, a, as an extra early Christmas present, we have uh, snow. That um, really pleased you, didn't it? it? It just, it just, it was just almost it's like a God another, kicking you in the bollocks. Yeah, yeah, that's what, like, whatever deity you believe in, Edward. But, um, <laughs> but it's other, just other like, are give, give, us, give us a break, you know what I mean? And anybody's, and it's another excuse, and it's still, you're still getting people ringing up going, God, I've got COVID. Thank you. Mm. Come in anyway. Like, I spoke to an operator mate in LA, and he's got staff who are coming down with COVID who have been vaccinated and can still be off work. Right. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, what happens if we have a wave and then, like, you know, we already like short staffed as it is in most places. Mm. You know, used to as an article in you guys, I think it was you guys today saying so many sites aren't running full Christmas trading hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's, it, it's difficult, isn't it? It's, uh, um, however, a bit of, on a lighter note, um, there was a story about the uh, pub that uh, served cabbage uh, as part of its uh, stint and got a, a roasting on TripAdvisor. Yeah, and, uh, watery gravy. That, uh, watery gravy, but particularly the cabbage was not an acceptable vegetable. Thought Green he. vegetable. Green, Green vegetable. I, th- I think the Germans with their sauerkraut and everything disagree. else would disagree. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's subjective, isn't it? Vegetables are subjective. It's not so. a proper green vegetable like broccoli. I like that's, what, that's what the review said. Oh, really? Uh, it, I mean, where, how do you define what is a proper green vegetable? Is? I don't know. I've always wanted to do like a... Um, this is quite ageist, but I always wanted to do an age, an older person's roast dinner, which where all the vegetables a mush, a mush. Yeah. <laughs> and and then, 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 then someone who likes to eat food, where you get al dente, because when we get here and they go, you haven't cooked the broccoli properly. <laughs> uh, okay, um, okay, and you go up to the kitchen, you go, chef, and she, goes, and she looks at you, and you think it's okay, and then you realise she's eighty-five. Uh. <laughs> you go down, she's got no teeth. <laughs> My mum does that every time we go out to eat. It's you just she orders the things deliberately knowing that they're going to be not to her liking. Broccoli. I mean, if she can't eat it with a spoon, she's not happy. Yeah, I know. That's um, you just say, are oh, you never going to stop ordering broccoli? Yeah. Stop ordering these things. You know, you're just going. She does it to complain. I think. People love to complain in this country. Pe- yeah, people love to moan. Yeah, I can't. People think. love to be miserable. I don't know anyone like that. No, I um, don't. No, we all I want. All, all I want for the sector and as an operator is a fucking break for once. Give us, you know what I mean, like, 
just give us a chance to actually have a clear run at actually making money that we can invest into our businesses, invest into our people, and I can go on more holidays. If we don't have this, if you're just going to chew away and I'm going to have no money, I, you know, because... You know, I've got a wife and two kids. That's not an easy, you know, I mean, I can see why... We have met them. That's, that's not an easy yeah, thing. Do you know what I mean? So I need breaks. I need to go away. I need supplier trips. <laughs> but not with them. Not, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I spoke to a mate last night. He says, trust me, it gets easier. I said, oh, when's that? He goes, well, my kids are left home, so my life's so much easier. Like, <laughs> You've got a few like, years still there. Yeah, but I think, I think we just, you know, imagine if they just, all they had to done, all they had to done was keep VAT at 10%. Right, and we'd all be able to handle the costs a lot better. And move it on to booze as well, which would have been... Yeah, uh, and then yeah. we would all have a fair chance at it. Yeah. And then no matter what they threw at us, we'd go, okay, yeah, okay, it's fine, but at least we're not... We're not there. We're just getting hit by every cost. It, it seems bizarre to me, though, because at the start of COVID, there was, you know, the furlough scheme was announced, there was grant schemes, there was... There was... I mean, there's always more that it was could be done, but there was, there was quite a support. lot of support that came out for the sector. But now, it's almost like, well, that's done, we gave you that then, it's no, because, the, it's because it. the magical money tree failed to materialise. Yeah, but, but it was so. But hold yeah, on, Ed, I don't help. get it. They would have been better off just saying, you know what, guys, good luck. And that's what they should have done because all they've done is they've given a lot of operators money that they would have never had. Smaller power operators who got money for pubs that never made profit. They got all these grants and they could take bounce back loans and they had a business that wasn't profitable and then suddenly they had all this money and they could fold them up or they could carry on running them. But now they're in trouble. Do you know what I mean? So they wouldn't be better off. But like, you know, all we need is fair taxation. Yeah, yeah. Just make well, it fair with the highest, highest VAT in Europe. On that note, uh, let's leave it there and move on. You're listening to the Lock In Podcast and we're looking ahead to 2023 and what that is likely to hold for pubs. To help us with that, I'm delighted to welcome James Gilbert, Punch Pubs and Co's Head of Strategic Insights. Thanks for joining us, James. No problem. Good to be here, guys. Good stuff. So first, James, what does a head of strategic, seems not even able to say, am I? <laughs> head of Strategic Insights do? Please explain it to Heath. Um, okay, so I guess the, the very like logical and sort of simple explanation would be that um, me and my team look at market, the consumer, the category, um, understand what is going on. We then help the business to make better decisions about the strategies that we're going to employ. And then we also support on, on kind of building the projects that help us to achieve those strategic goals, which is the really nice kind of succinct way it, it should happen in, inevitably it really does kind of look quite like that but um, very simply we're, we're here to help the business make better decisions cool okay so in that case and the simple question is uh, what are you telling people for the year ahead then what's uh, what's on your uh, on your radar um, so I guess the, the, the the main and obvious thing that we've been talking to business and uh, you know our, our ops teams and our Republicans about over the last sort of three to three to six months is is recessionary trading, um, and we've kind of I guess we've identified uh, three groups or three types of consumer behaviour that are going to be quite prevalent over the over the coming twelve to eighteen months, dependent on how long how long our, our recession scene will last. So we we say there's value hunters. 
there's frequency droppers and there's experience seekers um, that quite self-explanatory what, what they all mean um, and then we're kind of helping the business to employ um, strategies to, um, to stave off frequency droppers for example so we're going after penetration um, so going and trying to stealing customers from, from our competitors value hunters we see um, and frequency droppers for that matter we see ATV as being a really important um, a really big opportunity for us so where we're seeing trade down in, in sort of outlet type so people moving down through uh, through value of outlet we're not actually seeing them moving down through value of product so premiumization is remaining quite prevalent okay um, so that's quite a nice way for us um, to, to sort of maintain and improve improve ATV through, through premiumization and stave off some of the hurt that comes from people visiting the pub less frequently frequently mm-hmm. um, in terms of that drop in frequency, what we're, what we're seeing is the kind of core pub occasion, and by that I mean kind of Friday, Saturday nights and Sunday lunchtime, as also picking up kind of a bigger parts of the share of the week weekday spend for us. Um, so I think look, it's really important that we we absolutely nail those occasions, but at the same time, I think a big opportunity for for pubs. Um, is, is stretching into other day parts. So, if I if I look at kind of total consumer spend in hospitality over the since COVID, you can see quite a, a big shift into cafes. You can see a shift into delivery, as you'd imagine, and you can see that's coming directly out of out of pubs and people are going to cafes because you know, they're they're catering for brunch, lunch, afternoon uh, tea. Early early evening drinks, cocktails. They're they're kind of stealing from stealing our traditional lunch. pub. Yeah, stealing stealing traditional publications. You know, and and so there's an opportunity for us to go and go and take some of that lunch back. Sorry, Heath, you're you're waving so yeah, your hands. Are you, uh... No, no, I'm just thinking. I, I suppose it's very much what Lounge's model does, though, isn't it? It's making a modern sort right. of safe space pub area and the hard pub we've got as operators is you, you've got old pubs and we've got old buildings and it's trying to make them yeah. attract those people and feel safe and welcome and well, I can go in there just for a coffee but the problem is from the facades all the time you, they're just the barrier is the facade of 1862 English architecture mm. you know so it's hard yeah, it's a yeah. real hard you know I mean, they're, they're generally times. quite dark yeah they're, they're generally sort of very old sort of buildings with lots of little nooks and crannies and corners um, and you, you look still, yeah, you Great example, right? You look at lounges; they're glass pot. Yeah, it's like on a, the high street. Don't get me wrong; it's not my cup of tea. Yeah, like, but it's 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 hard for us because we're trying to, you know, like. Um, put coffee offers in and you know I suppose a lot of operators for years of a thing but you've got coffee going on you've got all these different things going on and it, it's hard to suddenly become a cafe during the day you know what I mean it's, it takes a bit of skill I mean it still amazes me when you see pubs that you can't see into as well when they've got the curtains up or the net curtains across the thing and you kind of think I mean it, it, I wish my favourite local did that because the amount of times my wife's yeah. caught me that's <laughs> 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 why they do it yeah. Yeah, so you don't get caught. but it is, it is interesting isn't it because you're right yeah I mean if you're catering to a certain clientele so just Heath hiding from his wife then there's a, there's a reason yeah, for that. There's a if, you want to, that, if you want to open up and be more appealing to, to 
more people and being being more modern, looking more modern. It's, it's that's the good. problem with the pub trade. We've always thought we've always been a bit slow, and it's only lately that we've really started to get a groove on. And you know, people like James, like getting us moving and stuff. Mm. It's like they understand. They see what we need to do, and we've got these beautiful buildings and beautiful locations. Mm. 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 Sorry, James, and we interrupted you, you as well. No, you, no, you absolutely. I was. You're having exactly the same conversation that I have with, with our guys at Punch, which is look, we've we've got the state of 13, 1,300 pubs that you know the vast majority of them are exactly as you're describing. You can't, you know, you can't suddenly change the physical makeup of the thirteen hundred buildings or however many we decide have, have got that opportunity. So so how do how do you do that? I think that's that's a really difficult really difficult question to answer. Um, but you, you, you know you point you pointed out the kind of I think the really important one there is that you put that is around it feeling like a safe space. And I think if you look at lounges as well, without kind of talking too much about about Keith and Bedster, yeah. they're um, they, they, I'm sure. I'm sure that the, the majority of their spend comes from females. Mm. Yeah. Right. Which, which, if I look at ours, it absolutely isn't the case. Yeah. You know, and there's there's a reason for that, and, and it's that it's, it's the things you're pointing to. So there is there is a bit of a fundamental shift there that needs to happen. Um, you know, and our, our pubs are all mm. like sex for anyone who goes into them, but um, they're definitely more more appealing to. To, to maybe one of the I mean, sexes and the others. Nikki, you are a girl. Oh, well, look Allegedly. Yeah. Um, well, well, can you say that anymore? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want you getting cancelled, Edward. Well, after your comments earlier, we'll, uh, we won't go there. Yeah. I mean, what, how do you... I mean, you're not easily intimidated, as, no. as, as we've established, but, I yeah. mean, what do you... Do these kind of thoughts go through your head? No, I mean, I'm not a great case study, because, like you say, <laughs> I, I just will walk into anywhere and not, I just don't really think about it. But, James, what you were saying there is kind of it's an opportunity to perhaps engage with the community a little bit more by having things like like parent and child group meetings in there or um, various family group meetings in there. I know when I've kind of done judging for our Great British Pub Awards, there's a lot of people that are doing great stuff with different demographics or an older an older generation kind of doing something specifically for that age group um, outside of kind of your normal standard food and drink offer. So it's kind of maybe targeting, yeah. targeting different different groups in that way. It's, it's getting your pub to be known for more than just oh, it's where I go for a pint yeah. I guess it's, it's that community outreach reach engaging with local charities local local businesses local vendors things like that that you know get those guys into the building for a start give them a great experience when they're there you know and, and get the benefits from, from the loyalty that you'll gain from that um, but that, that that stuff is quite it's, it's really bespoke, right? You've that's, got to have really, really great publicans that yeah. understand their local communities and are passionate about their, their local communities and local businesses in order to in order to kind of take advantage of that. So the, the other kind of, I think the other opportunity I've got, I've got right down here, kind of brief today, was the investment in people that we're going to see over the next, or that we need to see over the next 12 to 24 months is massive because I, I don't know what the exact stat is, but the number of vacancies in... It's you know, 900,000 or something, isn't it? Yeah, it's massive. Yeah. Right? So we've, we've got to make this industry more appealing uh, for, for people, and I think younger people to come into. And but the more people that do that and come and work in hospitality, the nicer customers will get. And I think a lot of the problem is we get in hospitality, we get treated so badly that if you come into it when you're young, 
it's really hard to think of it as a career because the way you're treated as you're just bar staff you're just the waiter get me my drinks get me this we need to change the culture and that's going to be a, that's hard in this country sort of a, yeah, a that's, manda- that's mandatory service of working yeah, in the bar like so you like learn manners later in life I am a big it? fan of that I think because one, until you've done it whether it be in hospitality or just some form of customer service role because until you've done it you don't care you don't give a shit about how you treat people but then when you've been on the receiving end of that surely that gives you some form of empathy I've been up with friends what, what went wrong with you then Nicky yeah. so, uh, <laughs> so are you calling for sort of national service <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely national service. Trade, yeah. Yeah. I've, I've been up with friends at lunch and one of them's kicked off because there's not a dish on the menu and she kept on bringing it up every time the waiter came to the table and I said you need to stop this shit now you're winding me up they don't have the dish the more you keep on going on about it the more upset I'm getting with you it's not his fault and she the way they think it's just well it's their fault it's yeah, their yeah. fault it's them it's not I'm us we can do what we want Yeah. so I don't hang out with people like that anymore I was going to say I'm, um, so like, thinking about my career I, I, start, I started working in my first job ever was as a I think probably a ten-year-old doing sticking up in my local pub, which which isn't isn't uh, burgling it. I was going to say, glad to clarify. Sticking up, sticking up, uh, sticking up skittles in my local my local pub in the southwest. But the pathway, I think, for a lot of people when they get into our restaurant jobs, as mine would have been, was you know I worked my way up to being a manager of sorts, and then I went to a brand company, and now I'm a big pub operator. Yeah. So it's how do we get people to see that pathway as being and how do you, and how do you get to, business, you know, yeah, and being how do, a, an entrepreneur and show them actually they can make more money than do you know what I mean some of the, the wages that people can make in this industry are a lot higher than people who've gone to university train for four years no, not train drivers no, but it's like you know I mean it's crazy the money you can make in the industry if you get it right <laughs> It's, I mean, there's, these are—I mean—these are ongoing topics of conversation, aren't they? The whole recruitment situation and you know, hospitality rising and various things, trying to trying to change some of these perceptions. I'm um, just coming back briefly. I'm conscious of time, James, but coming back to your your point earlier about the different customers and things like that—that that people trading down and people trading up. What do you do? If you're average in the middle, like Heath, um, <laughs> is my well, life what do, you do? what do you do if you're if you're just a mainstream operator? You know, you're not aiming for that high end market. You're not down at the bottom in, uh, with the weather spoons and things like that. So what what can they do? How can they? Uh, how should they be reacting? Um, so I think there's two. There's probably two things that I would think of. Is there's you've got to have options at either end of the either end of the scale so even if you're sat in that that mainstream you've got a level of premiumization happening in your business just as you know value-led pubs will be seeing a level of premiumization it's different to what you're seeing at, at the top end so providing you know a really good ladder of, of products across a good number of categories um, including you know no low premium softs these things that are kind of becoming more more trendy because we've got a much more health conscious um, consumer um, is is one thing the other the other and it's just it's just really classic kind of pub retailing for me it's, it's having a great rhythm of the week you know we're, we're doing some analysis on, on our marketing at the moment and just looking at where we're putting loads of time and effort into big events like Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, you know, St. Patrick's Day, which are you know, big, important days of the year. Actually, they're, they're still only about 40% of all our sales and we're 
you know, you may be failing to concentrate on that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. That, that kind of just steady rhythm of the week, reasons to visit. The, th- the thing I've got written down here is how do we, how do we, uh, well, the threat of the couch. Mm. That's that's the biggest challenge for any pub out there for me right now. Is not the local pub down the road. It's Netflix. Yeah. It's delivery. It's, we could do a campaign and instead of the NHS one, couch to five k, couch to the pub in five minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's yeah, why I'm he's in. a marketing genius. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, well, I'm afraid I'm going to have to uh, draw things to a close on that one there, James. On uh, he's amazing marketing bombshell. Uh, feel free to take that back to punch show. <laughs> we'll send you the invoice later. So, yeah. I'm like fifty pence a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, James. You're listening to the Lock In Podcast, myself, Ed Beddington, Heath Ball, and Nikki Thatcher. We're looking towards the year ahead, and one of the key issues people are focusing on is inflation and the impact on pricing. Camera have been pointing out or putting out what some of the industry have described as scare stories about the £20 pint. So where do we think things are going to be headed? Um, I mean, I'm going to put a £20 pint on. I'll make the press. I'll be all over the press. Twenty pounds a pint. You might have no customers. No, I'll just do it. You're in Highgate. What am I saying? Just on your Instagram. I'll probably I'll probably sell so much of that beer. It'll be ridiculous. You've got a twenty pound pint. Just just get um, get what's that? Who's that guy? Salt Bay or whatever his name is. Oh yeah, get him in. Yeah, what to salt the pints? You do it. Salt the pints. No, with the gold. The gold. 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 Leave your pints. Drop a bit of gold in. Twenty pounds a pint. But you know, I mean, it's skimmongering. But they're also at the same time they're preparing people actually what shit's going to cost and things are going to get. Interesting is the react. The the reaction from the trade is, is very. You're just scaremongering. You are, yeah. But the reality, you kind of go, no, yes, it is. But it's also making the point. And I think people don't read it or understand it. They're making a point going, look, if things don't change, this is not sustainable. And they're not saying that that's a viable thing to happen. But if we don't do anything about it... Well, someone should do like a run out like the cost of it. Right. Here here we go. Here's the P&L. I've run it. Rather than attacking camera for saying it or us for, for covering the story... How about you kind of go, okay, well, no, this is, this is, this is saying, you know, if we don't change things, if we don't campaign against taxation, but you, if we don't campaign you, against the unfair... But you could it, actually it, do, this is what it costs for the ingredients now, and this is what the GP on this point would be if you worked in a, a free house. This is what next year looks like with inflation. This is what the, the year after looks like inflation. Yeah. This is how we're getting to 20 pounds because everything's going up. So it has to... Yeah, but no one wants the detail. This is the problem, isn't it? No one wants... They see the headline and they just react to the headline. That's invariably the case. But, but I mean, in all seriousness now, how high can you push prices? As we move I, I, the I, Yeah, but I hold them and then you just hold them and you lose, you lose you your lose bottom margin, line. You yeah, but at some line. point, surely you've got to put them up. Yeah. Yeah, you tweak all the time. You'd like, in the old days, you used to put your prices up and you go, when the budget came out, you go, oh, sorry, you know, Jerry, the pint you've been drinking for the last couple of years is now, or last year is now that. And you'd buy them a pint. Yeah. So yeah, keep, and keep your mouth shut yeah, and I won't yeah, talk yeah. to you you know wherever long. But it's just it's it's moving so fast. Came out of lockdown, you bumped your prices up because no one noticed. Did I? <laughs> <laughs> I think this is slander. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure you talked about it on the podcast at the time. Yeah, I did. You, yeah. you, don't, you, you said you were saying you were advising operators to do it. You said yeah, let's, you know, you're never going to have a better time to put your price up because there's a discontinuation of so people aren't going to be aware. They're going to come back and they're just going to be so happy. Yeah, and no, I did that. You know, the other thing that kills me is but what? is that so having done that. 
yeah, I just didn't know. Like the problem it's, I've got it's not is enough, was it? No, it's not. And the oh. problem is, I'm quite. I say probably sounds bad but I'm a generous operator in the sense that I like people to eat well so I don't work on the normal industry margin I like people to drink well so I want them to drink great wine so I don't work on normal industry margins the 75 to 80% so my, all my margins are generally low anyway yeah. and then when we suddenly have this massive inflation shift yeah. I really get hit hard yeah. so then I'm sitting there going you can rely on only the money laundering <laughs> Mate, I'll give you the 3% you processed last week. Just stop bringing it up. It's done. Um, but that's the problem. You can, you know, it's really hard. You've got to be so, you've got to move so quick. You can't, right now, like coming out of COVID and then coming into everything else we're doing, we had support during COVID. This time we're not getting anything. You've got to move quick. Yeah. And you've got to constantly look at your pricing and then problem is you've got customers walking in and they just want to moan because they're pissed off at their own life and they walk in and you go okay it's uh, say seven quid for a pint of Guinness and they're like seven pounds I remember like yeah and also it's always been the argument hasn't it when prices go up everywhere else they don't think that pubs will be putting their prices up like, I don't get that your food shopping has gone up by an extra know, 100 quid 200 quid a month but you go into a pub and they've put the price of the up by 50p and you go are you kidding me I'm taking a piss you're and you're profiteering yeah. ignoring yeah. Everything yeah. else that's going on in the world around them. Yeah, because they could time should be cheap. Mm. That's almost what it's like. If you want a good time and you want to go out and eat well and drink well, there's a price to that. Yeah, and the yeah, problem yeah. is we've yeah. never really properly priced food and drink in this country because we've gone through Europe and ravaged it. And we've gone all their produce and we're part of the EU and suddenly... We're not anymore. We're not anymore. So, they're gonna, you know, everything's got expensive. Well, we had a, we talked a little while ago now about someone complaining that a, a bottle of wine was 20 quid and they said, I can get it for a fiver in the supermarket. Okay, yep, yep. yep. Okay, fine, but um, is someone going to serve you that wine in the supermarket? And are you going to sit down and have a meal in that supermarket? Have they got the same rates? You're going to have the, the joyous face of Heath bringing in that bottle of wine to cheer your day, to make you feel better about yourself. That's the thing, though. You can go and buy a bottle. We have it. You know, like no one ever complains about the spirit prices. No one ever says, "Oh, your health vodka tonics eight quid." Well, you know, blah 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 blah. You can go to the supermarket and buy a bottle for thirty quid, mate, and sit on your lounge and watch Netflix. You can actually get it cheaper than that. It is interesting, yeah, because I mean, gin and tonics not cheap. Cocktails no. not cheap. If done people don't really react in the same way it's, I suppose it's like anything it's like the price of a pint we should be we should I suppose celebrate the fact that it is a staple that people measure their their worth and their so, like the pint of a price okay. of a pint of milk or bread but, here, yeah. but here's the USP on the pint right even though it's lager and it's not maybe cake it's fresh comes out of a clean line it's got delivered it's brewery fresh we pour the pint in a nice glass there we go the stuff you buy in the supermarkets how long has it been there has it been sitting in a hot warehouse as we move around my house not very long but yeah but no but, you, my life. but you know but has it been where's it been held and how's that beer been looked after yeah. we're bringing them kegs we're selling fresh beer that has an expiry date that's really short on it keg beer's got a short date uh, shelf life compared to cans and bottles but how do they know that how do the customers well, we don't talk about it do we do you know what I mean there's no communication on that it's like we sell fresh beer yeah. that's why Guinness like Guinness tastes better in, on keg not just because it's on um, got different nitrogen and it's in a, in a keg but it's it's running it's moving fast yeah, yeah. It, everything tastes better like you know in the pub in the pub everything that's, that's the slogan isn't yeah, it yeah another tagline everything tastes better in the pub <laughs> what was the one earlier yeah. I mean, prices though, I mean, you've got a pub in Highgate, now high end Highgate, and then you've got one down where I live, 
in yeah, the ghetto. But here's, I mean, what? what here's the rub. The here's the rub. The Highgate one's actually, harder, isn't it? Yeah, the Highgate one's yeah. harder. Yeah, the cheap skates. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Down there in Hayward's Heath, they go, all right, yeah, no worries. And we put them all up there. But in Highgate, they'll come in. These people, you know, I remember during lockdown, we did a delivery. That's why they're rich. But this is why we did a delivery during lockdown to one of our customers who comes in here all the time. Never thought much of him. And he come in and have the house wine. And he have like he's very particular about his money. I delivered to his house during lockdown. He's got to be living in a eight million pound house. That's what Yeah, do you know what I mean? These people. That's why he's rich. Yeah, no, I think it's inheritance, but yeah. But this is it. I mean, yeah, you know, rich people quite often are people who look after their money more than. Uh, money. I'd be so terrible if I was rich. <laughs> I'd be broken five minutes. I'd be like. Did you have a Shemitano 5 uh, for water? Uh, we don't need water. And then I'll have the, the frog wire. Not the, Okay, I want to have frog wire in England. I'll get upset. I'll get upset. <laughs> I'd be just charging through life. I'd be dead. I was going to say, you, will, you wouldn't be broke. You'd be dead. I'd be dead. I think that's the, the problem. Uh, thing, yes. yeah. But that's what life's for. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me what. You want to sit at home freezing cold, saving money? So... What what are you going to do price wise, Anne? I really don't know because it's. I'd have to put them up, but then you just. Don't, I think the problem with God is we're going to be fighting against January. The weather's not going to be on our side. Thing, you know, and then you look at energy bills. So it's going to like. Well, you talked about a guy earlier was uh, was talking about putting an energy surcharge on his bills. Yeah, tell, uh, us, tell us about that. Okay, so I made a mind. I won't name the restaurants that he's got. He's got some very successful restaurants in central London. I had a chat with him yesterday and he reckons his bottom line on energy has been hit by a million quid so he's talking about an energy surcharge a temporary energy surcharge of about £1.50 per cover I like the idea I'd like to see him go first and if there's I would like to know how it's going to be communicated. How would you do that in a pub? Are you going to put it on a pipe? No, but I know, no, no, you put it on the bill. So if you're eating per cover, so say you sat down and had dinner in your local pub, they charge you £3 for the three of you for all you whatever they're going to charge you know what I mean that's the cost not on your pint but on, they're a restaurant my mix yeah. operations are a restaurant so, so it's covers like a flat rate yeah flat rate yeah. per cover interestingly I mean we did a story the other day local pub to me uh, Burgess Hill has launched a GoFundMe campaign and put buckets on the bar to keep the lights on Christmas lights on and they've raised I don't know what's it about uh, five, six hundred quid something like that to, to fund the Christmas lights remaining on over the Christmas period another way of doing in, in their pub or in the village? In their pub. In their pub. Yeah. Which is when no one's there, turn the lights off. <laughs> you mean like... Yeah, not when the pub's open. Oh, okay. and, 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 and they're very... They like the Christmas. They put a lot of lights up on the okay. side. And it's a nice way. I just think... Of, yeah, but you've got to communicate it to people and say, you know, like, you don't want to do what I've got mates who've got some village uh, things in the village and they put their... My local butcher puts up their... their business rates bill and they put up their energy bill and all that you, d- you don't want it to be because people still want to come have a good time but yeah. you, you don't need to communicate yeah you don't want to drag them down you need to be real about it yeah. we, at the Indian restaurant we've so rather than put prices up we've introduced a delivery charge so it used to be like within a certain radius it was free and then um, outside of that radius it had to be over a certain amount kind of thing now if it's in the village it's £1.50 if it's outside the village it's either 2 who's or delivering are you using a third party no no just the delivery drivers that we that are but you're employing people, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Giving people so, jobs. So one pound fifty um, if it's in the village. So I've, I've, I've explained to this to people. No one seems to have an issue apart from one person who apparently had a massive issue with it who orders every week.
street but lives in a big house <laughs> like in a very affluent area he's got to pay for that big went, house went at, I think if it's, it's the, principle the, for those people the, isn't it the, the most anyone will get charged is £3 and this person went absolutely ballistic saying this is ridiculous I will never order from you again and the owner was like alright see ya fair enough mm. Shit, I, well, part of me just wants to post him £1.50 <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to leave that one there, guys. So uh, let's, uh, let's see what the others say later on. This is the Lock In Podcast, and we're looking into our magical crystal balls to see what's in store for the year ahead. Heat is a bit hazy, but it probably just needs a bit of a clean. Um, we're not just going to be relying on grumpy cuts either uh, for this <laughs> session. Um, we've got three great operators joining us now. We've got Brendan Panfield of Number One Gastro Pub, The Unruly Pink. Matt Slocum, top operator of the Free House, The Crown Inn in Woolhope. And Emma Harris from the winner of the Best Rural Pub in the Great British Pub Awards, The Three Hills in Bartlow. So, guys, it's a real pleasure to, uh, to have you join us. Thank you very much. Great to be here. Good stuff. So, um, let's just get a sense of the group. So, uh, how 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 are you feeling about the year ahead? What's um, let's let's start with Brendan. I mean, how, what, what's your sense of, of what's in store for 2023? Well, uh, turning my crystal ball on, uh, it, it's not going to be a great year, but probably the latter half is going to be better than the early half. Um, and I base that simply upon the predictions that of the uh, of the OBR that inflation should be coming down from say ten or eleven percent to four percent by February. However, inherent in that calculation or estimation are a number of very dodgy things. Not least on a day like today, it seems very apposite. Sadly, the nurses are on strike. And my point there being, depending upon which economist you want to listen to, uh, what happens to public sector spending uh, is critical to containing inflation in the context that we've had this ghastly experiment of uh, Liz Trust economics which is a disaster Sunek has to continue to balance the books in his eyes because of market uh, forces and yet the dominoes of, of, uh, of public sector pay seem almost inevitable uh, and, because, and some of those I, I have a doctor daughter uh, she works 80 hours a week. Do I think that she deserves to be paid more? Yes. Do I believe the country can afford it? No, I don't. And the problem is the usual conundrum on this, that to meet the aspirations of the public sector, who almost all deserve what they're claiming, not all of them, but most of them, um, you'd have to put 2p on a pound on income tax. Uh, and that's unsustainable for this government. So... I think um, that, that there's a, we're, at a, we're at a crossroads here, and, and, it, and, and if, if they tumble, then, it, then the dominoes tumble. And I'm such an old fart, I can remember the winter of discontent in 1979. And that's exactly what happened. So, to summarise, I see it as a bit of a, on a, on a knife edge, but if all things, all big things being equal, 
I think the first quarter of next year is going to be extremely grim. The second quarter less grim. Um, because it's grim, we're going to have more staycations. So suddenly things begin to get better. And once we're in the second half, inflation should be coming down. And that will then inspire some more confidence because fundamentally this is all about confidence. Fantastic. Uh, there were some big words in there, Heath. I'll explain them to you later. <laughs> um, I, I, I got lost. <laughs> <laughs> could see the qu- the quizzical look in his eyes. That was a problem. So, um, Emma, coming to you. So, what 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 are your what are your feelings for the year ahead? I mean, I, I echo Brendan. I think one of the things that sustained us this year was that we had a, a sort of catch-up from COVID years. So we ha- we happened to do quite well with things like weddings. Uh, all of a sudden, you know, those two years unleashed themselves and people wanted to have parties and they wanted to have weddings. And yet, looking forward to next year, um, you know, despite you know what we've done, we're not seeing the same interest and the same bookings. And I'm 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 really quite worried that it just means we're going to have a worse year <laughs> again. Um, yeah. You know, I think the first part of the year is going to be awful, and then it's just not going to materialise. You know, we're just we just. My feeling is always you just got to sort of keep your sails trimmed and keep sailing the way you want to sail and not worry too much about what's going on around you because you can't second guess it but I don't think it's looking good at the moment it really isn't mm. and, and Matt what about you as a, as a fairly rural yeah. freehouse what's, what's your thought excuse me sorry <coughs> excuse me just getting over these pesky colds honestly they just keep coming don't they um, I think Brendan hit the nail on the head the word out there is always confidence isn't it and if dare I say if you watch mainstream media outlets um, it looks like the world's finishing you know within the next fortnight or two um there will be no fuel there'll be no money for anything and everything else and i i just think there's a sustained interest over our bar and chats generally to actually turn all that off and 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 just try and focus on some positivity because there's an awful lot out there there are businesses starting there is income being generated apparently we are exporting an awful lot of products these days again you wouldn't know these histories if you look um and I just think um, Emma, Emma's also alluded there is you know sail your course know what you do um, keep quality high we are in a massive retail business we've got to have our eye on every single detail and have something that steps you apart um, you know we our accommodation now we've got eight, eight units it's rented as a whole it is it becomes the party house there's a lot more staycations Emma's touched on and people locally have weddings and people meeting up um, and driving that part of the business you know the days of a country house just opening its doors and serving beer and a bit of food it's not enough now you know with the electricity bills where they are and everything else you've got to have as many strings to your bow as possible um you know for us we're quite an outside based uh, business with our we've got a, a part of our lockdown um efforts we build an outdoor kitchen with a, a pizza oven and, and a big terrace deck and so beautiful in the summer a clip and then at this time of year we cover it all up get the heaters in there and and, and have carols and christmasy things so it's just about having a point of difference i think really driving your points of difference mm, mm, absolutely and, and then just to bring us all down heath what's your uh, feelings in the air oh, like ed like <laughs> I don't know. I'm just sick and tired of getting batted. Every time you, you, you have to be creative in this industry, and we're all creative, and we all do things, and everybody goes, oh, yeah, chin up. Let's move on. We'll, we'll get there. We're creative people, and we'll all go against it. But it's just a bit tiring when you've got a government who doesn't understand taxation. 
and how to tax us. Do you know what I mean? I think I just I, I think we're unfairly taxed, and I think we'd all have more of a chance to be more creative and do more things if we were taxed fairly. But it's unlikely it's going to happen. And it's unlikely. But here's the bullshit: they did it during COVID, and they're not going to do anything now. And this stupid way they've done the energy bill doesn't make sense. You speak to the energy companies. We're not we're not given a fair go at it, and I, that, all I ask is fair fairness, and we're not given fairness. I mean, the in- interesting. I mean, we, 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 we sort of touched on this whether you guys were talking before about sort of, um, uh, and in fact, you mentioned it earlier, Heath, with um, with some of the retailers in, near you sort of putting up their their signs on yeah. the door of you know. We, part of being in hospitality is about providing escapism, isn't it? You know, people are coming to us to enjoy themselves, to to get away, and to come and moan, Ed. Well, they come to moan, but the, the tradition is that they come and moan to you, Heath. It's yeah. not that they come and have you moan at them because they could stay at home what are you trying to say you could stay at home (laughs) you could stay at home and moan to yourselves but I mean I I understand what you're saying but 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 at the same time Ed they almost like when they come in and they complain about pricing give us a break your energy bills have gone up home you go shopping everything costs more money and I put 10p on a pint and you're giving me a hard time about it so do you explain to your customers then that things have gone up I do do a really really simple explanation if you don't like it, <laughs> well, I, 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 I ask them. Well, what, what's your energy bill for the year? Yeah, two and a half thousand, three thousand. Mine's more than that per month. Yeah, and yeah. that that's double. So let's not talk about you know putting us putting our prices up. We've got to do something. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, how, how do you guys handle that 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 conversation? Because people complain, and you, you like I say, you you don't want to put a downer on the situation, but you also need to, we need to be realistic with our customers about the pressures and the, and the challenges that we're facing Matt I actually used to be I used to be so so you know terrified of putting 5p a pint on and oh crikey can we put an extra 50p on a fish and chips or something and I've completely gone the other way now I you know we have a number of say draft lagers on the bar and you get to the M1 that's the reassuringly expensive Italian number and that's what people order mm. that for little Herefordshire village is 560 a pint or something oh, I'll have two of those now and <clears throat> so I don't I think, I think sometimes you can there'll always be a few the customers that come in and perhaps will moan about a price going up do they do that at the garage do they do that at the dentist do they do that when they buy the newspaper because everything's gone up so do you and, think and the price, do you think they're going to go down again though I, I'm terrified that they're, they're actually going to keep you know food and alcohol prices not us but the suppliers nothing's well, they're, going to go down they're never going to go down it's like the, it's no, like the fuel not, prices even at the with pump with inflation yeah. going down are they going to go down no of course not, not. No. So no. fish and chips is always going to cost 20 quid now. Yeah. I mean, the only other thing, of course, is how, how serious, because it's got, it seems to have been t- kicked into the long grass, grass slightly, but um, the proposed um, duty bans for lower strength beers, uh, lower, and then keg sizes as well, which initially was announced, I think, at 40 litres, because, of course, we everyone buys something in 40 litres. Um <laughs> Anyway, apparently that's now down to 30-litre casks, so there's some, some light at the end of the tunnel on duty, duty-wise, but I don't know if anyone's noticed, but it's gone very quiet on that now. And, and, and does we that get to, We never used to drink high ABV beers, though. Yeah, yeah. It used to be like 3.5%, 4%. And suddenly, you know, all the trends train the craft beer market. We didn't drink strong beer before. You'd have 10 pints and go home. I mean, Brendan, what, what, what's, what's your thoughts on that? I mean, you, you uh, are uh, a high-end uh, gastro pub charging billions of pounds a pint. I mean, <laughs> what, what's, what's your take? 
Yeah, what's well, it, hold on, Brennan. I'm, I'm what's your cheapest point? I'm fortified by uh, what Matt has, has just said. Um, I, may, I have this schizophrenia. Um, so Dave Wall, my business partner and head chef and long-suffering uh, colleague, he's always a, let's put the prices up, let's put the prices up. Um, and then I'm the sort of moderator. It's, it's very difficult. I mean, uh, we, uh, we live in rich Suffolk, but Ipswich is the third poorest town in the whole of East Anglia, and demographics are, are everything. I mean, my, my daughters in London tell me that you still have to book, you know, three to four weeks in advance to get anywhere decent in London over the weekend. Yeah, true. Well, that that, that, that used to be the case um, in in January 2022. It's not the case in Suffolk in in in, in, in uh, December. Um, the pricing thing is is very difficult. I, I think there is a greater acceptance. There is a greater acceptance that we've had to increase our prices. But I still only the other day somebody came and said, "You put your prices up," and I feel like saying, "Where are you living in a parallel universe? Uh, have you heard of Brexit? Have you have you heard of energy?" But it's getting it's getting. Like, I, I I actually concur entirely with what Matt said uh, earlier, though, and then that correlates to pricing, and and, and that is make sure you do something different, and something different doesn't automatically, but can involve extra expense, but go for quality, and and, and, and the, the sad truth, which is a little politically um, inept of me to mention is, is that there is a tranche of society that's not going to be affected by this recession. Yes, yeah, we were chatting to uh, to James from Punch earlier and that was very much, you know, you've got the high end and you've got the low end and the guys in the middle will be the, the ones that get squeezed. The, the high end customers are going to carry on as they are because they're unaffected, which I Let's mean... Let's talk about it when I get back from Barbados, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's all very stressful. Brendan, and you've just done... It seemed to me about that, that the, you know, it's often said in this country that we're a, a nation of two economies, London and, 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 and the rest of the country. Um, and, and those anecdotes and, 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 and heat corroboration sort of kind of verifies the latter point. I mean, know, never, or, never or trust anything that he says. Uh, <laughs> You're a very good-looking guy, Edward. <laughs> Sorry, Nicky, go on. Uh, Brendan, you've introduced, you introduced something that you mentioned to me a little while ago about, is it something on a Thursday? Yeah, we have. How's, um, how's that I mean, going? I think it's, it's, it's a rip-roaring success, thankfully, in, in the, and it needs to be because comparative business is down by 19% on, on this time last year. Um, and that's uh, that's called Tasting Thursday. We have a tasting menu for the rest of the week. It's 70 quid. Absolute bargain, by the way. <laughs> get, get the advert in. Come on down to the Unruly Pig, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but on Tasting Thursdays, it's 49 and that tells you everything in, in, in some ways because people always love a bargain. So that is about being nimble on Does, your feet. But is that, about is that robbing piece to pay Paul? I mean, we've talked about we talked about a lot, uh, yeah. so, um, Adam Handling's yeah. um, uh, dropping his tasting menu across the board from whatever it was, 85 to, yeah. to 50. 49 or something, 59. Um, and it's, a, it's always a slippery slope, isn't it, when you start doing that? I mean, admittedly, you're doing it on a day. But are you then finding that it, it's... It's sort of you're losing business from other days of the week because people are trying to get in on that Thursday. Inevitably, I will do some, but the the, the view is overall this is this is good news. Um, we're not noticing the percentage uh, tastings normally sold well at the weekend, and we're not noticing that the percentage of sales is against normal a la carte drop at the weekends. There will be some element of robbing people to pay Paul, but at the moment, uh, 
uh, it, 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 it works for us. Yeah. I, I mean, Emma, are you doing anything? Are you putting any offers in or planning any offers in the, in the year ahead? But, uh... I'm not. I, I mean, I, I've had it drummed into me by my brother, who also runs a hospitality business, that you know, sales are vanity, profit is sanity. Honestly, I, I am terrified about just bringing people in for the sake of it. You know, all the cheapskates uh, who want to come in for a good deal. It, in the end, it doesn't actually make me any money. And so, I mean, I'm a new, I'm a newbie to this. I've only been doing it five years, so I don't, you know, I've learned what I've learned doing this only. And I, I don't know. I there's, there's so many things I'm terrified of that I just don't want to do anything that affects our profit. I mean, I, I, I'm a newbie too, uh, uh, for what it's worth, Emma. And uh, it was drummed into me big time that same mantra, you know, turnover and all of that. Um, all I would say is that there are some offers where you can still maintain margin and up overall the amount of cash simply because of headcount and in terms of yeah. overhead eating I, I, I believe it's helped I completely concur with your views however I've been doing the same thing I've been thinking how do I make money so what I'm doing is I'm going to all my locals my regulars and saying my mate's got this pub up in Sussex on Thursday in <laughs> Suffolk on Thursday you can have a tasty menu for 200 quid I'll get your tickets it'll all be sorted out and you go up and you have the most marvellous time zero work done yeah perfect and don't forget don't forget you're still on that direct debit so keep them coming (laughs) (laughs) Matt what about in a way way we're shrinking because we've we've decided for instance going forward not to to open on Wednesday lunchtime I mean I've been watching you know we already don't open Mondays and Tuesdays I have a small pool so that's their days off Wednesday lunchtimes I've been watching it thinking oh this is just so inconsistent so I'm going to shut Wednesday lunchtimes for now and see what that does to the rest of the week and it will save me a bit of money uh, so that my kitchen team doesn't have to prep uh, mm. you know a half day in advance they can do all that on Wednesday mm. um, I don't know we'll see I'm just I, I'm just trimming my sails and I'm so, trying to I, just but Emma, here's the rub of here's the rub I've got with the whole situation the UK's in right now we're all doing these things we don't have the staff and we're cutting hours and we're, we're doing all this we're the worst advertisement to come to the UK on holiday ever because our pubs don't look like they're staffed we're not open all the time it's expensive we don't want foreigners we like the whole country's a mess we, we don't yeah, we don't scream hospitality that. we're not like Paris going oh come to Paris for the weekend but everyone's got to yeah. cut their cloth haven't they I oh, know they do this, but it's just it, but this is, the government don't see this should be supporting us and making us a destination for Europe no they have they cut VAT for visitors didn't they was that, no was they that got rid of it that was back that was, that was Liz Trust uh, Matt I mean what, what, what's your all thoughts all the tax cuts came from Liz Trust mate they yeah that, that's it that's it tax more heavily than we have been since the war what's your take you know in terms of off Offers and things like that, and, and, and the thoughts that we've, we've just discussed. Yeah, I mean, we've um, something I've uh, long um, almost taken the mick out of. But one of our, our third lock, you know, when we opened on the inglorious 12th of April, when uh, I swept snow off our outdoor deck and we were only allowed to open outside, so oh, cheers, Boris. Thanks for this, mate. Um, <laughs> oh, Boris. And um, Love you. since then, I mean, I think that first week we did a thousand pizzas all served outside, and how many gallons of beer, and and ever since, you know, really good, authentic. Italian roll, you know, proper wood fire pizza oven, and that's the sort of thing which is ideal for discounting on a Wednesday or Thursday night.
right? Going back um, to what Emma said about hours, I always, and I'm probably quite, I feel like an old boy, I've been doing this 25 years now. Um, Don't look at day over 25. 25 years, thanks, mate. Yeah, I know. It's really, really wet as well. Face for radio. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Definite face for radio, you've got it. Um, but yeah, uh, okay, you know, and I'm absolutely convinced all the time we've got to be open seven days a week. That's what a pub's all about. When you're when you're thirsty, when you're hungry, oh, we can always go to the Crown and get something to eat and drink. And for the longest time, my wife's there going, no, it's not, it's not making sense. You've seen these figures. And I'm like, I know, I know, but we've got to keep doing it. And then actually, with the lockdown, with all that sort of thing going on, you then actually stand stand back, clip, you know, clearly focused and go, we're not opening on Monday. Users anymore. That's not happening. And then, of course, we get, oh, I can't come for a pint. Yeah, you can't because there's you and three other people, and all the fires are lit, and someone hanging around till 10 30. It's just not on. It's no point. Um, and again, you've, uh, Emma, you said you dropped Wednesday lunchtime. We only open from Wednesday night from five, Thursday night from five, and we do open all day Friday, all day Saturday, and all day Sunday. We yeah. serve food all those times. And during a decent, you know, this time of year, we're always a bit quiet at the beginning of the summer, we get busy at the end. Um, it'll be really interesting to see how how that comes in through January and February next year um, and that will be a real indication um, yeah. but by cutting our hours we haven't actually dropped any turnover on what I can call a comparable week in the summer I mean uh, the, the most extreme example I'll give you of this and uh, Heath I, I, your reaction will be interesting chatting to um, Kelly and um, Ashley McCarthy who run a uh, pub up in Yorkshire and they now only open on the Monday and a Friday. Sorry? They only open on a Monday and a Friday. A Monday? Wow. <laughs> Monday and a Friday. So they, they, it's a free house, they own it, it's theirs, they've got other little business sidelines and things like that. They've basically taken the decision going, we're going to open on a Friday for the locals, we're going to open on a Monday just because uh, everywhere else is shut around them. Everyone else, no one's open on Monday, so they open on a Monday. And they will take private bookings at any other time. So if, enough, if a big of enough group want to come to the pub, they'll open for a group booking the rest of the time. Are they making just, money? Uh, they seem to be all right. I mean, like I said, they've got other sidelines of businesses which Meth are probably labs, becoming... Grow uh, labs. <laughs> <laughs> money laundering. Just let, so before they sue us, They're that's just not cleaning true. it through the business, aren't they? Um, you no, seven days a week. He's a chocolatier. He does chocolate, amazing chocolate kind of creations, and she's got a, a distillery and things. So, But, I mean, it is an interesting one. We will catch up with him at some point and talk to him about it. But, I mean, that's extreme. That, that is you extreme. You know, we've got, we've got another problem, though, coming down the road. I'm amazed I haven't heard about it yet in on, on the industry chatter but it's the changes that the government has made to calculating holiday pay for their staff I mean I've been wrestling with this for the last month thinking am I the only one who's worried about this for what sorry well it's horrendous so basically anybody who's on a variable hours contract or zero hours um, if they they will they say that they are entitled to 5.6 weeks of holiday so if they are employed by you like us our, our, our uni staff could come and go so they're always on the books yeah. if they're on the books for a calendar for a holiday calendar year they are entitled to 5.6 weeks holiday no matter how many hours they work in that year okay hold on where, 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 where have you read this witchcraft <laughs> well, I'm telling you that's not how I've read it but. Uh, let, oh. let, me, let, let me help if I may there, oh, I there, there, uh, there was heat, heat there was a, a, a rather ghastly case along the lines that uh, well, in fact uh, it said what Emma said. 
However, there are. It's not as drastic as it seems at first value, and there is. Brilliant. Give me one second, around. Matt. Sack all the all the part timers <laughs> now. I want them all yeah. gone. Yeah, but uh, but probably Nikki Thatcher, the milk snatcher. Um, <laughs> that sounds dark. Worthy, worthy of an article. Yeah. In Indeed. the morning advertising. I mean, we're in danger of actually offering information of of, of use. And, uh, <laughs> of Imagine you guys actually wrote stories. It's I something mean, I've tried to. Uh, try, I'm currently actually looking into. I've tried to get different information to make sure we get the right information on it because I think I spoke to you, Brendan, about it a little while ago. Nice. No, no, yeah, and I, I, I saw one of the leading accountants saying this is the way around it. We shall so explore you hire that them one. For a fine period of time and then you let them go and then you hire them. Shoot them. No, sorry. Are you do you keep are they saying you keep them on the books and if they're on your books and they come back and all that. You just I always terminate my part-time employees when they go to university and hire them back. Yeah. Well, that's probably the answer. Which is I mean that costs I mean, Don't even money. tell them. It, well, yeah. It, yeah. I I expensive that. Well, currently it's, it's costing us 12%. Per, per staff member of holidays on top what their wages are 12% okay. that, that's the maths I do on it and that's the maths I really know I think it's, it's something we probably need to look into and explore I'm, I'm conscious of time guys we're, we're, we're over time one, one last thought from, from each of you um, you know maybe let, let's try and end on an op- op- maybe a more optimistic note what would you be looking forward what are you looking forward to next year what do you think is going to be an opportunity uh, Emma do you want to uh, start us with that yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to... We're, actually, we're about to appear on Foreign Affairs, so I'm... Fantastic, we've just lost uh, all signal. Oh, no. She's going to be on Foreign a bit. She's yeah. Be... <laughs> your, your internet uh, connection at the uh, Red Line and Sun is clearly I gone. Do not blame me, sir. Oh, I'm going to blame How you. dare you? <laughs> Muskets at dawn? So, so that's the highlight. That'll be the highlight, hopefully, of this coming year is our appearance on Fall to Bed. God knows. What do you, what do you think you're going to do? You think you're going to be okay? You think you're going to... Because it's a bit We're of gonna a... We're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. We, uh, we've, we've created a niche for... Our... What, you mean on Fall to Bed? Or yeah, I've been on Fall to Bed. I'm like... You know what I mean? Because they're hey, quite bitchy on that hey. show. Hey, I know we're okay on Fort of We filmed it in March. Oh, okay. Oh, you've done well. Okay, great. Yeah. I thought it was yeah. all going to be That's downhill from no, there. No spoilers. No spoilers. That's going to be fun to see how they portray us. Um, Fantastic. It's all in the edit, Emma. It's all well, in the I edit. Know it's all in the edit. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, <laughs> it can be swines, I can tell you. That should bring in some business, and we're just going to hopefully build on that. And um, yeah, just keep our heads above water and pray that it'll be the same as 2019. That Fantastic. You know, I'll ask you. Okay, uh, Matt, what, what about you? What, 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 what would you? Yeah, mean? just to reiterate, you know, um, for us, it's accommodation, 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 and just get, get that football through the door. Have people here, then those guys are, they're meeting their families with eight bedrooms. They're meeting their families. They're having a wedding. They're having a party, um, and they're enjoying themselves and getting back to the core. You know, we've talked a lot about people coming and moaning, groaning. How can we can't moan? You end up being that, um, uh, the sort of psychotherapist as well at times, don't you? Behind you behind the bar um, and that's all part of the service I guess and keep people smiling because if they're sound smiling having a good time in a pub they'll hopefully keep going back excellent okay there's the emphasis on the psycho with Heath but we won't go there uh, Brendan what's your uh, what's what's your uh, it, uh, just really a, a, a statement of the obvious looking forward to having a non-lockdown non-covid closure year for the first time in effectively three years and that's something to be hugely grateful for 
uh, and hugely optimistic about. Fantastic. Brilliant, guys. Well, we are out of time, but thank you very much for those thoughts and uh, good luck in the uh, year pleasure. ahead. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers, everyone. Cheers, Bye-bye. guys. Merry Christmas. Bye-bye. This is the Lock-In Podcast, and that is it for this episode, and the very last episode of the year as well. Um, I mean, it's been interesting chatting to, to various operators, hearing their thoughts. Um, I mean, what's, what's, your, what's your take on, on what you've heard today, Heath? I think we're all trying to be really optimistic, and we want to be positive, and, and we, we want to charge on with all that... I'm not British, but charge on with that great British thing you guys do. But I all realise at the same time. I think we all realise at the same time. Next year is going to be a bit of a shit fight. Yeah. It's not going to get any easier. There's no. As I said to a customer the other day, I said I just can't see light at the end of the tunnel. I said because you're in the tunnel. Yeah. And I think we're all a bit like that. We come out of COVID and we went from out of the tunnel. It's like going on a holiday in Switzerland. You're going around the, the trains and you go into another tunnel. And it's it's COVID and then it's you know Brexit, COVID, and then it's this and it's train strikes and we're just constantly in the tunnel. You to kind of link it back to a holiday. But you know what I mean, though. I don't think we've ever. I don't think we're ever getting like a fair. I, I, I don't think we're given a fair break. Also, to make money for ourselves, but make money for the treasury. And and when we're all operating, when the industry's operating how it should be, it it works for everybody. But if we're not, it's working for like no one really. Do you know what I mean? Like. I don't know. Like I, I'm, I'm depressed about it all. I'm not. I don't have. A, I don't have a sunny future for the future. I just can't see. I mean, it's a shock. I think anyone listening to this podcast will find that a bit of a bombshell that Heath is a bit pessimistic and depressed. Yeah. Although you said earlier you had something positive to say. Oh, I did. Hold on. What was it? No, my mate who's got these His restaurants. Who's saying they're Christmas. really busy. Oh, oh yeah, she's going yeah. to Christmas. <laughs> um, no, but my mate, my mate, he's got like. Like I'm hearing from other mates who've got stuff going on that they're busy and I, like, we're lucky we're fortunate enough busy pubs I've got but I think there, there is still I think we're going to be okay it's not as bad as we think it's going to be but I'd like to bitch and moan as much as I can because I'd, lo- I'd like lower taxes so even if it's going my way I still want lower taxes <laughs> I mean, we were going to talk about New Year resolutions, but neither of you two do New Year resolutions. No, no. I, I just don't see the point because they get broken, and also I'm just quite happy with how things like how I am. So I've, I got, I've got one for self improvement. Yeah. No, I don't think it's going to be a self improvement; it's just a resolution. Well, mine was going to be be nicer to you. Too, but, but, um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go then, down. Uh, New Year's resolution for me is be positive. How much can? Oh, fuck off! <laughs> how much can I drink in January? I'm going to go all in. I'm going to support the pub trade by going to as many pubs as I can How's and spending money from the rest of the fucking yeah. year. Yeah, but I'll have a bit more vigour in my step. Okay, so a few weeks back. ago, I did my first podcast episode, and you were like, "No, I'm not drinking." And you started off well with something non-alcoholic, and then that didn't carry on. No, because no, I've got I'm on these really strong medication for my back. And it works yeah, really I well. With and if I drink with alcohol, it, I just it all goes a bit loose, and I wake up on the sofa, and the dog licking my face in the morning. Like so, could it be very again? Good? How is that different from any other day of the week? Heath? I don't think. Yeah, you know, my wife's not really my number one fan. No, no, I can't imagine. She said, "Oh, maybe I should listen to this podcast." And I went, <laughs> I, "I wouldn't waste your time, darling. No, 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 no. You go back. You go back to doing the gym stuff and looking after our children. I'll carry on fighting the battle." 
Yes. Well, on that note, I think. Uh, well, Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah, I hope you, yeah, like. Um, Hopefully, the uh, the new year is. We'll probably uh, have a new prime minister by the new year. No, well, now, like. know, no. I mean, let's hope uh, let's hope it's brighter than uh, than the picture that he paints most of the time. So um, that is pretty much it. I'm for more, this year. I'm, yeah, I'm more of a Picasso than a Gauguin. So just a bit too. Yeah, it's okay. almost cultured for Heath, isn't it? Moving on. You can take the boy out of Australia. Right, um, that is pretty much it. But before I wrap up the last 2022 episode of the podcast, I would just like to say the following. The boss of Incipio, Ed Devonport, is an outstanding industry operator, leading an exceptional business over at Incipio and setting standards for other hospitality operators to follow. Not only that, he's a great guy who does a lot of great work for charity. Where's all this money come from you got on the table? <laughs> What's uh, no, going no, on? No, Heath, I didn't lose a bet with him the other day at all. No, no, no. no I didn't no. lose a bet. No, it's, it's no, okay. Because, yeah, uh, yeah. you know. Thanks, lad. Did you dress like this on purpose? <laughs> <laughs> the clown costume, just, it came in the post. It's fine. Base for the podcast. Indeed, yes. That is it from us for this year. We will be back in the new year to bring you more insights, swearings, and weak jokes. So, brace yourselves. In the meantime, feel free to like, subscribe, anonymously recommend to people you don't like, and we'll see you in 2023. 